Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Community is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health, JCH. Here for you, your family, and our community. My name is Gareth Oliver. Great to be with you again for another episode. I believe we're up to the 60th episode of the Community is Our Middle Name podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, so thank you for everyone who's listened to at least one of those episodes. Every uh, every listen is uh, is fantastic. I'm really pleased to people join us to have a listen to this uh, program uh, whenever we get it out there. So this week I spoke with Candice and Liam from Valid here in Western Victoria. And Valid is uh, a advocacy group for people with intellectual disability. And we, we spoke a bit about what Disability Pride was because uh, there's a bit of confusion around what Disability Pride actually is. So I thought, who better than the, um, than the, the people who had a Disability Pride event day back in July to explain what it is? So it was great talking to Liam and Candice, and I hope you guys enjoyed too. This is the Communities Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grandpids Community Health, for you, your family, and our community. I am here with Candice and Liam, who are from the local Valid organisation here in Western Victoria. Thank you, Candice and Liam, for coming on the Communities of Middle Name podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Garrett, for inviting us on today. Oh, look, absolute pleasure. And um, Liam, I'll, I'll start with you first. For people who aren't sure, I'm sure everyone's listened to the podcast you two did with Letitia. Um, what is Valid? Can you talk a bit about what Valid is and what, what you guys do? Okay, I'll start this off. Um, so, obviously, I don't you guys know, and obviously, as we've been keeping an account of the Grampians Community Health Facebook page, we've always seen some stuff advertised over the last few months of the partnership between Vowa and Grampians Community Health. So, Grand, um, these not Grampians, and Vowa is obviously, um, a disability advocacy organisation based down in Melbourne that helps out people with an intellectual disability as it primarily focused in the advocacy um, area, but we also, obviously, outside of advocacy, we got uh, things to do with self-advocacy, training, consulting, and in our department, which is the community department, which is, again, another form of self-advocacy. There's a bit more community focused than what the actual self-advocacy team that Valet's got is. So we we deal in our area. We got eight e action groups. Well, seven actual peer action groups and a working together group in Ballarat. Um, and obviously, Western Victoria has got one of the groups in Western Victoria based out of an online state. One mainly is a focus of supporting people with a disability in both Brogshire and North Grampianshire. So it's a really good connection. We've got obviously with you guys at Grampians Community Health and obviously. There's a lot of other partners that came along that supported this event. Obviously, we speak to a teacher that's funded through the Spider Project, which is obviously another good thing for Western Victoria. That one's actually a more based down in Geelong, but obviously it spreads around Western Victoria. So we'll see a lot of that going on through you guys as well, which is really good. But yeah, it's obviously good to have something that promotes, obviously not just Western Victoria, but as a wider community as Western Victoria as well. So we can only support obviously where we're able to support, but obviously you guys, especially will function through despite the process in Western Victoria primary health network, obviously 
supports the wider Western Victoria than what we can. So yeah, that's who Val is. But there's obviously again, one says said an intellectual disability organisation with a few other teams that support the general community. And Candice, you're a local. Um, yes, I am. I've known Candice for a very long time. We, we won't say our Candice because it might embarrass one of us, probably me, because people find out how old I am. Um, how did you get involved with um, with the local peer action group for Valid? Uh, so I started with Valid for a very long time ago. I did a voluntary work first, then become an intern, and then after that I thought I might just go back to a voluntary position, but no, they offered me a job. A paid job position instead. Excellent. How long have you been there for? Probably been probably I started just before land, so probably what, three, four years? Yeah. I'm about three years in a couple of months. Yeah, time, so, so I'm probably about three and a half. I'm about four. Yeah, maybe four, I'm not sure. We were six to twelve months before me, so yeah, somewhere between yeah. that mark. So Liam, how did you get involved as valid? I actually was um, getting supported by a support worker and one of my old support workers who actually knew one of our ballot leaders, Mark. Um, so I got involved in his group, so I wasn't actually dealing with this group directly. And at the time, Candice was also a part of the group because it wasn't a Western Victoria group. That came at a later date. So I joined us as a normal member, and then eventually got offered by our ex management David Earl. He's retired about six, 12 months ago now. Um, and he was the one who invited me to come on as an intern, like Candice, well, as a volunteer to start with, but then eventually I started as an intern in November 2020, and then came on after another, after six months intern post, I was invited to same as Candice to come on as a full community development worker, and now I'm still with the company nearly three years later, obviously as a paid employee, but about three and a half years as an volunteer. Excellent. So, so um, I, I, me and Candice, it was actually our idea throughout the COVID um, lockdowns and that to try to invest in how it could help the wider community that would help ongoing after COVID, but it would also help how could we connect during COVID. And that's where obviously Western Victoria, the P action group was born, obviously with the idea of being able to tackle P action groups and still be able to support people during COVID lockdown somehow. And then obviously, being a big community in what we normally deal with, in adapting that with technology and that and keep going forward with the online technology for people with accessibility needs even after COVID. So Candice, how many people do you normally get to your to your your, your um your peer meetup groups that are online? So our one online we get probably ten to twelve people at a time. Yep, on a good week, yeah, on a good month, I obviously is, so yeah. Yeah, at, at a good day, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I can... And are you guys happy with those numbers? Would you reckon there's more people out there who could be joining you? I would say there would be probably more that would be eager to join, but there would be a lot of, um, lots of people that would not, um, have a say and say, I'm gonna do that instead, go into a day program instead. Okay. Okay. And that's obviously what our, one of our focuses we've been talking about a lot at the moment is not about tackling the day services and telling them they're doing the wrong thing because obviously people have got rights to do what they want. But we want to make sure that the day services and their points 
know obviously about our services as well and how obviously both services can complement as well because in the end of the day we're offering two completely different services or so two different sort of price price ranges and quite often disability employment i mean disability employment disability day services along with us within the advocacy running PX and groups and that. We look at it in based in Melbourne. We've got a lot of success stories based in our Melbourne groups that's brought a lot of day services clients involved in our PX and groups down there and they run fantastic. We've built idea of being able to still do it through the day centre, but they bring their clients in and then they can just obviously promote a few different day centres getting involved. So it's also with our in Melbourne, one of the good things is we'll go to one day centre and we've got someone go to another day centre and they want, they want to catch up. It's a good way to get multiple companies to bring their clients to catch up as well. So it's about promoting this to the clients and that they is something enjoyable for them, but it's also beneficial for the companies to get involved in as well. And obviously, we're not just focused on getting clients with a disability. We're also focused on getting community members without disability. We're also focused on obviously getting family and friends of these people. And one of the biggest focuses is obviously getting the local community groups, other community groups as a whole, it doesn't matter if it's disability or not, and things like you guys at community health and the local shires and that, all involved to come together to try to work as one big community to try to work out the disability side of things. But in the end of the day, we obviously can do a lot more folk stuff that as well. Yeah, I guess that's all that inclusion stuff we hear so much about. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you guys are working really hard to get the disability voice heard, which is fantastic. Um, we'll talk a little bit about disability program. You guys held an event last, it was last month, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. last month now. Yeah, in, install. Um, around disability pride and we were, we were chatting because I was there and you guys did an amazing job getting it up and running. Um, we, we were chatting that there's not really a perception in the general public about what disability pride actually means. I think they hear pride and they automatically assume it's LGBTQI plus, which, you know, is a community who are welcoming disability pride events, of course, but there, there isn't really that understanding about what disability pride means, is there? No, not really, is there, Candice? No, there's not. Not a lot, no. So, and there's even a disability pride flag, which I only found out about last year. Um, for you guys, and Candice, I'll start with you, what does disability pride mean to you as a person with a, with a disability? So, as all myself, yeah, um, pride means to me, like, be yourself who you are, be a proud of what kind of disability you have, the struggles that you have, that's just a part of life. And, yeah, I'm proud of who I am. I wouldn't want to change it. Excellent. Yeah, what about you, Liam? Obviously, yeah, disability practice has been helping to who you are, not letting that stop you doing what you want to do. What Obviously, a lot of people grow up and obviously talk about how they hate having a disability. And I know a lot of people who, on their younger years, um, I found that when I was getting older after I finished the school final and started having to do things more in the community and trying to find what I wanted to do with my life. It wasn't worth worrying about the disability and not letting that get to me. In the end, obviously, disability brought me to where I am today. So I'm not just obviously hating on disability anymore by a year to hate on my own disability. Now I'm actually work, working with it. So rather than thinking on obviously bad things going to hold me back in life, I've let in the last few years particularly. 
um, be a focus on my employment history and all that and be a focus on my specialities I can get employed for. So rather than thinking on oh, no, disability is going to hold me like I was actually used it as a complete option and got myself a professional job with it, obviously specialising in the disability field. So, Liam, do you think there's a there's a lot of people who are like what you were like, and that's you know they're they're, they're looking at the, the negatives around their the disability, and how do you reckon that's affecting their mental health? Obviously, we all know obviously disability focus. Obviously, at younger years, it's completely different than adulthood. Obviously, adulthood we've got a lot more freedom and choice in that because we pretty much have by ourselves. Most of the time, by that age, so most people with a disability, and not many people with what I see, are quite independent. So most people end up going their own way and having their own lives, but they don't end up realizing they, they're quite as independent. And it was the same with me until I got to that opportunity to do it. So what the great thing obviously is about that is obviously when we get older, we'll kind of understand. But the thing is, a lot of people with a disability ends up getting put into things like special schools and that in their teenage years or childhood years. And in, I'm not going to be rude or anything, but that they don't seem to promote disability inclusion. It's more about the education side of this general education, but they don't actually educate people within the community that, yeah, we've got disability, but this is what we can potentially do with ourselves once we graduate from school. Or I was running this post-school expo by the children in Melbourne back when I was in school. And we ran a group, I mean, the post-school expo when I was in the older years of my special school, my last couple of years. And one thing I noticed with doing a post-school expo for the school was they seemed to be inviting all the services to be able to be involved. And it was always things like day services and disability employment services. It was never anything to do with mainstream services, aka employment, or even just volunteer work or just any normal community groups or anything. It was always about disability focus. One thing opened up my mind at that point once I started visualising me from that point onwards and then as I got out, then discovered I didn't like the typical day services and that was I kind of got forced into was there's a lot more out there that we could do with ourselves. We don't need to necessarily stay necessarily working as a disability client or being a disability client just because that's what they want you to be. Um, obviously, it's really good in my lifestyle. I both got the living experience of being able to deal with disability services and having services I deal with, having workers and still being able to be supported by the NDIS. But in return, I can be a worker in my own way back and help other clients out with things they need help with. And I've was saying it only the other day to somebody, one big thing we've got to focus on, obviously, with disability is you can always help each other out. Just because a support worker is a support worker or something like that doesn't mean you can't help them in your own way back. And I find you helping other people, obviously, that helps with their mental health as well. Obviously, going back to the mental health side of things, it's important to remember the support workers ain't perfect themselves to come in to do stuff. They might be able to help us around the house, but I can guarantee you, most support workers won't know how the NDIS ones as well as the clients. So it's quite often it's good for education and purposes as well. So it's a good community because everyone can teach each other specialities since disability-focused communities specialises in such a wide area of disability-focused things from health to mental health to services to even obviously what we're doing here. So, yeah, there's a lot that we can do in disability, so there's always a good chance we'll be able to do something and obviously 
one thing that's been a lot more out there in ballots promoting is getting people involved with a disability to be the ones who'd hire for these companies. One of ballots' focuses, big time they've been promoting in the last few years, is how we should promote hiring people with disability. Well, running a disability service or advocacy organisation, or, or just any form of disability service, we're always better off having someone in the company with the experience because we're never going to be able to understand what the clients need unless there's someone's in the company has got lived experience of what the clients will generally need. Yeah, excellent. Candice, um, I know you did uh, dual schooling, didn't you? You, you were at um, one of the local secondary schools, well, specialist school. Um, can you can you sort of back up what, what Liam's saying? Is, is what he said sort of what you experienced going in both the, the, the local specialist school and also one of the local secondaries? Yeah. So, well, yeah, so half was at Skeckingly College and the other half was at the special school. So, yeah, it was sort of hard because I had to do stuff there, stuff at the special school. So it's like really hard to know, you know, kind of like I stay at one school, not the other. But coming back and forth was like really hard. What was the biggest difference? Um, the, well, with the special school, it was more one-on-one. And at high school, you mean like a group, like a group, like, like a class, and it was like one person to help one person, not the whole class. Like you saw, I saw got um, basically got mixed, so I didn't get to learn much. But once I got to the special school, it was like more focused on one on one with the students. So you're going to say how amazing the staff were? Yeah, they were. They were excellent. <laughs> they taught us all sorts. They even taught us living skills, how to cook, clean, so we could live on our own once yeah. we left school. Yeah, and full disclosure, I was working at that school when Candice was there, and so I had to give myself a bit of a pump up. But thank you as well, Candice, for giving us a bit of a, for making me feel good. My self-esteem's lifted. I really appreciate it. Liam, what do you think we can do to get the message around disability pride out there to the wider community and, and make it a bit more well known? Obviously, as you know yourself, Gareth, and obviously we'll be really grateful and helpful for this as well. So I will obviously thank you for this. But it's about getting other organisations that's already got a big voice out there about promote, promoting. So we're obviously already probably targeting some media and other health and other organisations that have got quite similar interests into what we're doing. So I find one of the biggest things is obviously teaming up with bigger organisations on top of media organisations. Great thing we did with Disability Pride was obviously teamed up um, when it comes to media with the ABC up in Horsham, who also obviously broadcasted down the store, and they promoted us through there. And it's obviously hope that going forward, Andrew from ABC in Horsham will be a great contact going forward with International Day and other events that we got as an organisation alongside obviously what you guys do with ABC Horsham as well. So that's obviously one one avenue we're obviously targeting. But this other forms of media, word of mouth, and this organisations that's already got our back to be able to support what we're doing through advertisement and other sports for there on social media and other means. Uh, just to promote the event that way. So obviously I know you guys did good amount promotion when it comes to Disability Pride a couple, about a month ago before in-office television screens that done ones of the ads and Facebook. So I know that was great promotion. Obviously ABC Awesome 
we were hoping to get obviously the newspapers and that involved, but that hasn't worked out yet. But that's one thing I'm definitely working on. But this obviously trying to find a way that we can use Facebook advertisement. So one thing I tried obviously that a lot of people are um in places where you guys service, which I was trying to target them, was the Facebook advertisement system i obviously need to improve on how i use that but one big thing if you can get more facebook advertisement to get to the right target audience which is a learning curve it, that's going to be a good promotion as well but it's just taking all tools that we've got out there through any services we can find doesn't matter if it's disability or not and let's promoting yourself and then talking to people just down the street everyone's going to have their own opinion there's a lot who want to support us but there's also a lot out there who will be open to it so I think it's important to just go and talk with people as well and obviously just see what people say. If they say no, well, let's be quiet and respect the decision. If they say yes, hopefully we can keep working with them and hopefully word of mouth with them and their contacts will end up expanding more network. Yeah, Candice, as a, as a local, do you think there's been a change in attitudes of people towards people with disability in, in you know, Stall, Larat, Horsham area? Oh, well... Every area is different, so I can't say they're all the same. Stalker's probably getting a little bit better. Alex's probably more better than Stalker's. They have a bit more disabled people down in that area, so they're probably more better. And Horsham, they're probably a little bit better than we are, but they're learning to be, um, what's that, including everyone with the disability, normal people, yeah, anything. So, yeah. One of the things I noticed is because I've got a disabled family member, as as, as you know, Candice. Um, yeah. I always found that places like Arrow and still, you're right. Like you know, I grew up seeing disabled people around in the streets. You know, you don't really bat an eyelid around it. But bigger places, Melbourne, even like Ballarat, Geelong, it's not as it's not as sort of in your face, for lack of another term. Yeah. And, and yeah. I found that you'd get a lot more people when I'm pushing my cousin along in his wheelchair. I found I'd, they'd be looking and staring and, and kids sort of tugging on their mum's shirt and whispering oh, to mum and all that sort of stuff. Pointing and look. That's obviously yeah. a good thing about what um, they do in Jurong. So well, um, our groups in Jurong are actually doing stuff like that to promote disability. Like, um, Yana, who's our team leader, she also runs Jurong Bowerine's yeah. group, and she promote, has been promoting with the kindergartens, with the kindergarten pro- projects of promoting disability. So and that's what the big problem is. We And you do realise it a lot more in Ballarat and Jurong, and those areas in Sahor or anything like them, as obviously I come from Ballarat personally myself at the moment and grew up in Melbourne, so I kind of understand it from both sides. And obviously I go up to store once in a while anyway for work reasons. And one thing I notice is a lot more in the bigger towns and the small towns, but again, especially in places like Jurong, Ballarat and uh, Melbourne, is we get a lot of kids who don't understand because the education is not there. And because there's so many people who don't understand in those areas because it's a much wider area and we've got so many more people, we know this is a lot easier. So we're going to notice a kid being unsure about someone with a disability and asking their parents, oh, what was that? Was this? And what were I going to do install? Because it's a much smaller community. So it's a lot easier to spot people with disability there as well. So we're probably more likely to see ones with disability because the Groups are so much easier to spot because it's just um, lower numbers there. You and you hope the parents are. Oh, sorry, Candice. So, yeah, mean, go for it. 
I mean, like, um, like even schools, like primary schools and even high schools, people are still a bit wary of someone that's different, like, what's wrong with you and stuff like that. And how do you, how, how does a kid or like a, a teenager tell the people what's wrong with them when they're not comfortable talking about it or stuff like issue, that? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, spot on. And you hope that, 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 the parents as well are sending out the right messages to these kids. When the kids are asking the questions, the parents are able to say, well, you know, it's just this, this, this. It's, it's not a big deal. It's, Most of them do. Yeah. I'm not just in the big communities. As much as we would think we say a lot more where people are bad. We do say people are bad. But a lot of this, a lot of social media these days are a lot better than what they were 10, 15 years ago. Where we can get a kid walking past now and say to a person in a wheelchair, why are you in a wheelchair? And most people with a disability are happy to talk because it's not an it's not it's not necessarily meant to defense it's it's meant to just be an educational yeah. question what's this about and we have a kid that's going to come under a lot of it so we'll talk to the kid about it. but we obviously do notice there's kids out there also who clearly already know and just like to do it to cause trouble yeah i think well, i don't think we're ever going to get, a, get rid of that Liam, but that's that's also really heartening to hear. And yeah, you're right. Like I know sometimes, you know, my, when my kids were a little bit younger, especially they kids just say stuff, and as a parent, you get so embarrassed. But then you have to stop and think and say, well, they they don't know. They're trying to find out. So, I mean, it's it's a really great attitude that you guys have got. So, um, Candice, if anyone wants to join the local peer mm-hmm. action group for Valid, how do they do that? So they can go to our Facebook page or the Valley website itself or the Neighbourhood House in store. They have a employer, employers, so yeah. And, and especially you guys. You can always hand out information if anyone asks, so yeah. Yeah. And, and Liam, we'll give you, give you the last word. Um, anything that you'd like to, to get out there that we haven't touched on before we wrap this up? Uh, obviously, I'm completely in agreement with everything you guys have said so far, but obviously when it comes back to what Candace was saying, obviously you guys in this neighbourhood house and obviously Candace herself is a lot easier to contact because I'm more remote. So obviously, if anyone's listening, if you know Candace around the local store community, go in and approach her. We're probably not less likely to bump into me. So Candace is always the first point of call to go to first, obviously being a local and me working remotely, I'm happy to take phone calls, but you obviously, if you see someone down the street, it's always so much easier. So obviously, most local organisations like the community health that you guys run and obviously the neighbourhood houses and all that, and even some of the special services like special schools or hospital and the disability services, a lot of them know about us, including companies up in store like Pinnacle, who's came to a couple of our events now. So obviously, there's a few services out there who obviously knows who we are. So obviously, it's great that we've got a lot of promotion going on through word of mouth up there, through, through doing local services. But obviously, always feel free to Google us or check us on Facebook and uh, we'll probably find something. Even if it's not us directly, we'll probably come across the valid social media and somehow. And you'll be able to spot Candace by her brightly coloured hair. <laughs> so always got brightly coloured hair. Purple at the moment. Next time. Purple and pink, yeah. If anyone's looking for Candace in the general public, don't go looking for red, purple, blue, pink, whatever. This expected to be a different colour each time we see it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm one of the... the, the sh- the, 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 yeah, the community that had white coloured hair. Only one of them in town. <laughs> yeah, there's not many stories there. 
No, there's not. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think there's too many people knocking around a store with pink or purple hair, Candice. But, but it makes it easy, easy to spot you. And um, look, thank you both for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having a chat on the Committee's Their Middle Name podcast. Thanks for having us again. Once again, big thank you to Candace and Liam from Valid here in Western Victoria for coming on and talking about disability pride uh, on the Community Is A Middle Name podcast. So this podcast, of course, is brought to you by Grampians Community Health, GCH, and we provide a wide range of services right across Western Victoria, servicing the following local government areas, the Southern Grampian Shire, Arrett Rural City, Pyrenees Shire, Central Goldfield Shire, Northern Grampian Shire, Horsham Rural City, West Wimmershire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire and Bulloak Shire Council areas. Now we have a big range of services that we can provide, including uh, alcohol and drug support, carer support, uh, NDIS services, including case management, uh, including, sorry, package support and NDIS support coordination, case management for home care packages, what I was about to say. Um, counselling across a wide range of areas and much, much more. For more information, go to gch.org.au. That's our website. You can find out uh, everything you need to know about us there. Or give us a call, 53587400, or you can come into one of our offices. Our main offices are in Stall, Ararat and Horsham, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. So all that info is on our website. We're also uh, on the social media, so you can give us a follow on there too. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health, or just search for GCH for Grampians Community Health in your search bar on Facebook. And we're on Instagram, and we are also on Snapchat, at GCH Grampians is the handle there. Um, maybe Threads too. We've got, we're, we're just working through a couple of things there, which is, uh, for those who don't know, Threads is basically the new Twitter, the only, you know, better. Um, this podcast is available everywhere good podcasts are found including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, you name it, uh, we'll be there. So make sure you like and subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, if you want to rate and review, that would be great too. The the more five-star reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find our podcast. The intro and outro music is an original composition performed by Andrew Parsons. We use that with his permission and uh, thank you for that, Parso. And this podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabberwung people. And we pay respects to all elders, past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to all Indigenous peoples. Well, there you go. Episode number 60, done and dusted. My name is Gareth Olver. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Always good catching up with Liam and Candice and having a chat to them. Uh, as you heard in the podcast, I've known Candice in particular for quite a long time. So it's great to catch up with, uh, with these guys and see how they're doing. Check out uh, Western Vic Valid on Facebook. They've got a Facebook group as well and that might give you some information if you're interested about uh, their meetings and being part of that uh, that group that uh, operates here in Western Victoria in the Wimmera Grampians region. On behalf of everyone here at GCH, however, I'd just like to say thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you again very shortly. Uh, so for Grampians Community Health, for you, your family and our community, I'll say so long until next time.